You walk into a dark room and you flip on the light switch and you get illumination. You get light. You can see what's in the room. If you don't turn on the light and you walk into an unfamiliar room or a room that you're familiar with, but somebody moved the furniture, you are likely to trip. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we need the light. And that's why the light limits the darkness. So as we walk as children of light, we are working with our Father to limit that darkness. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We know from Isaiah 60 that there is a time of darkness covering the earth and deep or gross darkness covering the people. But we have to know and we have to understand that darkness is limited. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful to the Lord that you have connected with us, and we want to connect with you as much as possible. So if you haven't already done so, if you would go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and sign up for our email lists, we have uh, varying ones that you can get onto that will uh, connect you with us uh, less or more. And the more you connect, the more you'll get from us. We've got wonderful content and wonderful things that we want to be able to share with you and help you to grow. We want to equip you. We want to help you grow in the things of God and get into a deeper place with God, a more intimate place with Him. And we have wonderful materials that will help you do that. We have a wonderful bookstore online. And uh, right now, we have things on sale for Christmas. So be sure to uh, go out there to our web store and find the wonderful things that are available there. We have wonderful devotionals. It's a great Christmas gift to give to your loved ones to help them to grow in the coming year. Give gifts that are going to change lives. So the other morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up early before it was before it was before the sun before came the up, sun came up. <laughs> i mean it, it was still dark that's my point it was dark it was really dark and you know it's, it's winter time here in america for those of you who are listening from uh, the southern hemisphere it, you've got longer days we've got shorter days right now and it was very very dark when i got up to pray and just have some quiet time with the lord well guess what i fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> and when i woke up I noticed that the sky had started to get gray. It wasn't light yet, but it wasn't completely dark. And I heard in my spirit, there's a limit to darkness. And we need to understand that there is an absolute limit to darkness. And I I did a little research online and, and learned that there are three stages of twilight. And I won't go into the details of those. If you want to look at that, you can, you can Google it yourself. (laughs) The three stages of, of twilight where, you know, there's, there's a stage that you really can't make out anything much, but the blackness isn't as black 
out in the sky, and that's an astronomical twilight, I think they call it. And and I forgot the names of the other two. Um, maybe I won't go looking for them. Google them. <laughs> you can Google it yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't think to make notes on that. But then there's a part where you can see things, but you can't see color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then there's a part where there's a lot of light, but the sun hasn't come up yet. And it's the same at sunset, you know. There's like when the sun first goes down, it's a great time for photography. There's just just wonderful light. But my point is that when darkness comes, it only can be there for a limited time. And to get back to where darkness began, we learned from Dean Braxton that This is something he learned when he was in heaven. He was in heaven for an hour and 45 minutes. And of course, in heaven, there's no time. So you can, it's like being there for eons. So he learned a lot while he was there. And one of the things that he learned was that that when the enemy of our souls, who was, I suppose he was called Lucifer then, uh, son of the morning, he he was the cherub that covered. And he persuaded this one-third of the host of heaven, that they should follow him in rebellion. And what happened was, in that moment when iniquity was found in them, that's what the scripture says, when iniquity was found in you, what God did was, he sucked the light out of them. Yeah, and, well, that's, that's what we've heard, those and, that have been to heaven. Right, and, <laughs> and so, so that's how darkness happened in the first place. There was no darkness ever anywhere in heaven. And we, we learn from 1 John 1, 5 that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Philip, what, what does it say in the Passion Translation? That, that says it really, really well. Yeah, this is uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. Mm, that's beautiful. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. Wow. Continually. Continually. That means if you let some darkness in because of something you did or saw, right? the blood of Jesus is there for you. Absolutely. So it was First John 1, 5 through 7 in the Passion Translation. Excellent. Yeah. So the thing that is in my heart for us to talk about today is the fact that darkness is limited. And a lot of the limitation has to do with our interaction with our Father who is light. Mm-hmm. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And then he said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Yeah. So we are his disciples. So as we work with him, as we let him work with us, really, mm-hmm. as we yield to his pressure, as we've talked about before, as we as, as we as the clay yield to the pressure of the potter and let him work out those impurities out of us and and work his spirit into us where we're no longer walking in the flesh. We're not moved by the things that move our flesh. We're not easily offended. His love pours through us. His love is shed abroad in our hearts. And his love, like 1 Corinthians 13 Mm -hmm. expresses 
we're not easily offended and we're loving one another. And that love is the light. Yes, I love because, you. Because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And Jesus came into the world to be the light of the world and to, to deliver us from the darkness. You know, it's interesting to me that what it says in 2 Corinthians four uh, four. It's talking about the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In other words, it's not that God is trying to keep people from seeing the light. There is an enemy who is Mm -hmm. darkness itself. Yeah. And he is trying to keep people in darkness. But our Father has sent us into this world and everybody else who has a belly button has been sent (laughs) into this world to be a light to the world. And the enemy of our souls is continuously trying to keep us from getting there. But we are here imploring you to flow with your father in intimate relationship, flow with Jesus. Let him wash you. If you made a big stupid mistake this morning, wash it in the (laughs) blood of Jesus right now and move on in the light because you are a limiter of the darkness. Yes, amen. Because in God is no darkness at all, and he's living inside of you if you've asked him to come and do so, and you are inside of him. That's what the Bible says. So let's just look for a moment at what God said about darkness and about light. In Genesis chapter 1, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic, it says, In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Yes. And there was light. (laughs) (laughs) And God saw that the light was good, suitable, pleasant, and he approved it. And God separated the light from the darkness. Now, this is before, before he the, created the sun and the moon sun, and the stars, yeah, okay? That's, that's what's astounding. Yeah. And he called the light, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And then, um, sorry, I'm thinking King James because that's how I grew up, okay? Uh, but in verse 4, it's it says that God saw the light that it was good. Yeah. He didn't say the darkness was good. He only said the light was good. God said it's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. But he didn't say that the darkness was good. He said that he, and he separated the light from the darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night. Night. Uh He didn't say the night was good. He didn't really say the day was good. He just said the light was good. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So the light limits the darkness. Mm -hmm. You walk into a dark room and you flip on the light switch and you get illumination. You get light. You get. You can see what's in the room. If you don't turn on the light and you walk into an unfamiliar room or a room that you're familiar with, but somebody moved the furniture, you are <laughs> likely to trip. Yeah. That's why we need the light. And that's why the light limits the darkness. So as we walk as children of light, we are working with our Father to limit that darkness. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. So in Genesis, continuing in Genesis 1, when you go down to verse 16, it says, God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He also made the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light unto the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, fitting, pleasant, and he approved it. He approved adding lights to the darkness. Yes. And I just great. think I just think that that if that whole darkness that's out there is the the chains of darkness that where it says that uh, that these angels that left their first estate were put into chains of darkness. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I I really feel like I haven't held this in front of of our brother Dean Braxton to see if that's really if I've got that or not. But I I really think that God put those stars even out there in the expanse of space to kind of keep an eye on the darkness out there and and to remind them of what they've lost because they're forever Mm -hmm. losers they've lost it they gave up their first estate and they've lost it and so our father is trying to help us become lights in the darkness in this mm-hmm. in this season of time that we're living in in like Isaiah 60 that says that there's darkness on the earth yeah and, and gross darkness gross dark heavy deep, darkness deep the darkness the, the the minds of people that have been blinded mm-hmm. it's just it's astounding to me how so many of them can't even reason they can't think for themselves they've been told what to think it sounds and, like communism. Well, yeah. That's what we saw when we were over there. After 70 years of communism in the Eastern Bloc, yeah. take a generation and a half to, to mm-hmm. get out of that mindset. Right, right. It only takes a generation, really, to go from light to darkness Yeah. Uh-huh. or from darkness to darkness light. Darkness to light. That's yeah. good. We have a choice. Yeah. And it's like reflection, mm-hmm. you know, like the moon reflects the light mm-hmm. of the sun and and so you can function in full moon a lot True. of times, you know, yeah. if it's bright enough. It, it's bright enough to even cast a shadow. Yeah. And I remember in the, we were in Zimbabwe, we were in Chipinga. Mm-hmm. And that was where, for those of you, are you familiar with Reese Howells? He had a Bible school there. And he had a Bible a school. He had, yeah, a he had a mission. He had a Bible school in Wales. Mm-hmm. And the Lord gave them direction how to pray. All during World War II, when England was being, London was being bombed, mm-hmm. while they had Bible school, yeah. and some days they pray, they fast, and you know he did all that. So we're in his mission, and we got one night there. We kind of got there; it was dark, and we found the church that was there. The roof had been blown off in the, it was the Rhodesian Civil War, and but all the the walls were still standing. So we pitched the tent about where we thought the pulpit might be, and I remember getting up in the night. And it was so bright, the stars even it was just so brilliant, that African sky. It was dry and mm-hmm. and just, it was so bright. I thought, I, it's just amazing. Yeah. There is no other light but that. And, and people are the same way. And, and when I was uh, studying this uh, yesterday morning, you know, this is what came to me. You can reflect someone's light or absorb their darkness in the spirit. Wow. Yeah. That's and tremendous. it will manifest in the natural. Yes. So it's like who you hang with. Mm-hmm. If you hang with dark people, I mean, it's one thing if you're uh, you're you're working in eight to five or whatever your hours are. 
on a job, there's people there that are just going to going to rub your skin raw, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's in your off time. What do you do in your time with your friends? Mm-hmm. You know, is that what um, kind of friends do you have? Are they light or are they dark? Wow. I mean, God can put you amongst dark ones, but it's just like. But no, you better uh, be strong with your light. You have to be. Your your light's got to be very strong, mm-hmm. or their darkness will overwhelm you. Yeah, that can be. Yeah. That can be. I thought I just that was a freebie. I thought uh, I'd that's throw tremendous, that out Philip. Um, <laughs> as, as I was studying for this, I learned that in these different kinds of light, there is a time, and I think it's that astronomical twilight, uh-huh. that if you have like a crescent moon or a, or a half moon, the side of the moon that is dark, it can be seen by earth light. Okay, yeah. In other uh-huh. words, the, the, the reflection of the sun off of the earth will allow you to see some of the, of the dark side of the moon, which you don't normally see. So I thought that was interesting, too, when you're talking about reflected light. What are we with? Who are we with? What kind of influence is coming onto us, and what kind of influence are we? Yeah. We know someone that's uh, Stephanie Sherman, I believe is who it was. And one of her favorite places to go was Starbucks mm-hmm. because she's an interpreter of dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, I have a mission field. I walk in here and they come up to me and all the new agers and that, and un, you know, unbelievers. And she interprets their dreams. The Holy, like, the Holy Spirit just gives them, uh, this is what your dream's about. And she's getting them saved. Beautiful. You know. But she's got the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, Starbucks, okay. But, you know, a bar is another story. I mean, <laughs> going in and have a, two or three beers with the guys, no. you know, you're, not you're may not going to, you know, not going to function. And, and I remember doing my wilder days after at the steel company. It was a Friday. We're at a bar on the north side of Chicago. And there's something I never did that much, you know. And my best friend sitting across the table from me says, I forget what the conversation was. He says, no, nah, I don't believe the Bible. That's a bunch of fairy tales. You know, I had a beer in me, and I stood up. <laughs> I had my this uh, my bottle of straws or whatever it was, and, and I was going to nail him with it. You know, and he looked at me and says, you know better than that. And I did I knew that he's a blue belt in karate. You know? <laughs> I sat down, but I'm defending the Bible, even though I've had one too many. <laughs> yeah, one is one too many. It, so, so back to this idea of sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> that was a funny story. In Luke 11, verse 33, Jesus is saying, "No man, when he has lighted a candle, puts it in a secret place, neither under a bushel and you know a basket, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light." The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body is also full of light. But when your eye is evil, your body is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in you be not darkness. If the whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle gives you light. So who are we looking at? If we're keeping Jesus, who is the light of the world, in our sights, it's going to cause us to be light. Mm -hmm. It's going to cause us to be that kind of people that will draw people out of darkness. There are people all around us that are questioning 
they they realize that they are not what they need to be, that they're they're realizing that they're missing something. And if you are carrying that peace of the Prince of Peace inside of you, you are affecting the atmosphere. You are changing the atmosphere from dark to light. And even if your light is small, even if your light is a candle, mm-hmm. it's better in, in a dark room to have a candle than, than no light at all. You know, yeah. if the power goes out here, once in mm-hmm. a while the power goes out, you light a candle. Mm-hmm. And you can get around. You can yeah. do what uh-huh. you've got to do. It's not as convenient, and it's a little hard to read, but mm-hmm. but you can you can get around, you can maneuver, you can do what you need to do, yeah. And that's what God is calling us to be: is light in this world to limit the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hallelujah. So I just want to share as I was meditating on this the other morning about limiting the darkness. About there's a limit to darkness. I was reminded of a word that I had received in my journal quite a few years ago. And so I went back and and looked for it. Eventually, I found it in the little devotional that uh, I put together out of some of the writings from Hmm. my journal, which is the, it's called In Quietness and Confidence, Keys to Overcoming. And by by the way, that's on sale for Christmas through Hmm. the end of the year. It's very good. (laughs) I mean, for the cost of buying a fancy card, you can give someone a book that'll change their life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So this one is called The Dawn Comes Slowly. And it was it was something that came to me in one of those early morning devotional times as I was watching this changing of the darkness to light. So I'm just going to read what the Lord gave me. The dawn comes slowly. In the time of darkest of night, ever so slowly, the horizon begins to lighten. Sometimes a dark red line appears that gradually lightens to orange, giving way to the light of day. Sometimes it is painted magnificently with hues of purple, pink, scarlet, orange, and gold. Sometimes it simply lightens to a dreary gray, but it always comes slowly. This is the norm for revelation as well. You don't have any idea of the depth of the darkness in which mankind is steeped. But I am the morning star. Revelation 22.16. My light appears near your horizon to give you hope that the day will soon be coming. I am also the day spring, dawn, sunrise from on high. Luke 1.78. I am the light that slowly dispels the darkness. I am that spirit of prophecy that Peter refers to in 2 Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Beautiful. I'm the daybreak that causes the shadows to flee away in Song of Solomon 2.17 and 4.6. I am the son of righteousness that was prophesied to arise with healing in my wings. Malachi 4.2. As the day gets brighter and brighter, the darkness loses its grip. The form that was so unclear in the darkness, or even completely hidden in obscurity, is revealed in the light of day. You hardly even perceive the gradual appearing of the noonday sun once it is truly light. It takes hours to arrive. The enemy of your soul wrestles to keep you in as much darkness as he can muster. But I have called you out of darkness into my marvelous light, 1 Peter 2.9. In me is life, 
and the life is the light of men. John 1, 4. Most experience revelation slowly, but because of the gross darkness that is upon the people, I need to arise upon you and let my glory be seen upon you. Isaiah 62 and 3 so that the Gentiles, the unbelievers, will be drawn to me. Most revelation comes slowly. But now, in this era of the electric light, you can understand sudden revelation as though throwing a switch. Instantly the darkness disappears in the brightness of light. I'm appearing to many Muslims, many pagans, many Jews, and in that instant, suddenly, they suddenly know who I am. That is how Saul of Tarsus met me on the road to Damascus, Acts 9. As it was on the night of my birth, the shepherds sat in darkness when my messenger angel brought the word of my advent, and suddenly a multitude of my heavenly host lit the blackness with their praises. So shall it be when my people arise with the high praises of God in their mouth and the two-edged sword of my word in their hands. They will pierce the darkness, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, executing my vengeance upon the darkness that has kept them bound and those around them. Psalm 149, 6-8 and Hebrews 4:12. They will bind the demonic kings with chains and the demonic nobles with fetters of iron. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't see me. The light of the world and the giver of life. You don't know how much you are missing. Seek Mm. my face. Seek my face. Seek my face. The light of my countenance will deliver you from darkness to the degree that you seek my face. That's beautiful. And and I was looking in Psalm 30, and this is a, a Psalm of David, the title, it's the dedication of the house of David when he built his built his house. This mm-hmm. is before the temple's built. That wasn't, sure. that that was wasn't the plannings yet. Yeah, Solomon built that. In verse 4, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Beautiful. And when you were just reading there about the Darkness, you know, mm-hmm. the dawn, you know, joy cometh in the morning. Yep. You know, it's just like we're not meant to go through these trials. Not seems, forever. Not forever. <laughs> seems like it, you yeah. know, many times. But it's building endurance in us. And sometimes trials are transition. Ooh, that's a good you know, word. That's not fun either. No, it's not fun, <laughs> but it's it's necessary. Yeah. You know, how do you gain rank in the military? You start as a buck private and you have your, your hair shaved off. Right. And and you go through training and and then you pass that training and you get a rank and then yeah. you go through more training and you and go you through. you get humil- humiliated along the way. You know? <laughs> Those things happen. <laughs> it, but it's part of, of gaining rank. Uh-huh. As you succeed, as you choose to overcome, as you keep your attitude right, you get rank. Yeah. And you get higher and higher. And, and in this case, in the spirit, you get lighter and lighter, and your light becomes greater and greater, not because you're becoming greater. It's yeah. usually because you're becoming more and more humble. The more we, we command our flesh and, and get it underneath us, the more the light of the Spirit will be able to shine through us. Amen. That's so, beautiful. you know, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And part of that prayer is, 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is what we're, it's, it's like a command. Mm-hmm. We're commanding, we're imploring heaven to help us. We're imploring our father to help us to enact on earth the way life is in heaven. And if you see in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 33, it says, the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. And Revelation 22, 5 says, and there shall be no night there. We're talking about heaven. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. It's the Lord that is our light. And there is no darkness in heaven. Yeah, Darkness was kicked out. Darkness happened because the light was taken out of them. They were shoved out into this outer darkness. And our job is to shine as mm-hmm. the light of men in these days because we're, we're filled with his light. And the more we push our flesh down to let his spirit be seen, the more we're going to light the darkness around us. Yeah. In Acts uh, chapter 26, and yes. this is uh, Saul, before his name was changed to Paul, you know, he was going to Damascus, mm-hmm. and he had, he's on his way to take prisoners in Damascus on the orders of the high priests and bring them back to Jerusalem. And that's when, uh, you know, the light of God shone on him, mm-hmm. and he fell down. He wasn't riding on a horse, you know, uh-uh. there's nothing in Scripture says Paul was on a horse. Yep. Study it out. He was walking, <laughs> and he fell down under the on the light and the voice, you know, the voice of the Lord spoke, and everybody around him heard the voice, you know, they didn't see the light, but they heard the voice, but it was targeted just on him. And the Lord spoke to him and says, and this is verse 17, I will rescue you from the persecution of your own people and from the hostility of the other nations that I will send you to. And you will open their eyes to their true condition so that they may turn from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. By placing their faith in me, they will receive the total forgiveness of sins and be made holy, taking hold of the inheritance that I give to my children. And so this was Paul's that this was his command, yes. you know, and he ended up being the apostle to the Gentiles, even though he was uh, one of the numbered uh, students trained under Gamaliel. You know, so he was a high caliber, and he's flat on his face. He's met the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden he's getting his job description. Beautiful. What would be going through your mind? You knew nothing <laughs> about Jesus. You fall flat on your face. And the one you persecuted, if you're a Hindu or a Muslim and you're persecuting Christians or or people, you, you know, the light of God shines on you. It blinds you. You have you fall down because of the power of God. What's going through your mind? Everything you were taught is false and you and you've come face to face with eternal light. Amen. Wow. Amen. And that is what God wants to do all around us. Yes. All the time yes. to rescue people from this satanic darkness, this this satanic blindness that is upon the people and to rescue them to be that light, to mm-hmm. limit the darkness so that the darkness cannot have what it's trying to have. 
Yes, because amen. our Father is ready for us to be ready for the outpouring that he's going to give on all flesh. And we need to be ready to mm-hmm. help people come into the kingdom, to help people come out of this darkness, to contend for the light to shine upon them. You know, we we keep hearing these wonderful stories about, in particular, about Muslims, because we've been praying a lot for the Muslims to have those kind of dreams and visions of Mm -hmm. Jesus that will turn them around. And it's happening because God is answering our prayers. So be one of those prayers that will be praying for the light to shine on the people around you, the people that offend you, the people that annoy you. (laughs) Become their intercessor. Become their intercessor that the places where they have darkness, even if you're talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord, the places where they have darkness, you know, we all have places in us that we can't see ourselves. They're, they're blind spots. Blind, yeah. remember? Blind means dark. You can't see it. You, you don't even know that you have some of these things. Uh-huh. Become the intercessor for that person that is annoying you or that, that is persecuting you or, or that just is in darkness. The people around you. And then reach out and pray for the people that are out there that need this light of Jesus Christ. There's there's so much darkness in the world, but the Lord will arise upon you. We yes. know that this promise is for Israel, yeah. but we who are Gentiles have been grafted in to that promise. And so we can also be those who will arise and shine. And we pray for those who are not yet believers out of Israel, Lord. And, and we pray for those who are even in India. I'm thinking about the terrible persecution that's going on in India towards the Christians. Lord, we're asking you to shine your light in yes, these Hindus, Lord. Lord. Shine your light. Show them mm. yourself in visions and in dreams, Lord. Show them, Father, and move upon your body, your people in India, your people in Israel, your people in Palestine, your people in in Timbuktu, Father, in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, Lord, in America, in North America, South America, Australia, all the nations of the world, Lord. We're asking you to shine upon your people. Yes, shine in your people. Cause your people to arise, to be that glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, that mature bride who has made herself ready. Lord, the mature bride who is going to be interceding for those around her, Lord. Father, we're asking you to cause your light to shine in us and through us to transform the darkness of this world into your glorious light. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.